to these football and teenagers. I'm Matt Rather. That's Ryan Sheely. Hey, Matt. Matt, good to be back. Good to be back. These Dillon Panthers are looking strong right here now in this part of the season. Isn't that true, Matt? Hey, yes. Hey, uh, great to be on the show. Long time, first time. I just want to say, Coach Taylor has got some explaining to do. If he's not going to start, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. Smash, uh, really. This is the show where we subject uh, Gossip Girl and Friday Night Lights to a level of scrutiny that they definitely uh, deserve we are your uh, we are your professors for this team taught uh, class um, on uh, Friday Night Lights episodes. Uh, we're n- we're going to finish off nine. I think we got we got mostly um, we got mostly through nine and into episode ten. Uh, I you know we don't say anymore. I guess we assume that the culture of our show knows, but um, we give no spoiler warnings for things that that we spoil, and we don't respect any. Um, we don't respect any anything, yeah. anything, <laughs> any any of your sensibilities. We don't care about, and uh, we also we also swear a lot. So Ryan uh, fucking spoiled the end of season one of Friday Night Lights for me, just as I was starting watching the show, talking about it on this on this uh, on this podcast. The Dillon Panthers actually win state in 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 season one. They make it to state in season three and lose in the state game, and then. Um, uh, and then, and then, uh, well, then maybe I won't spoil. No, I will spoil. Then uh, Coach Taylor gets moved to the new East Dillon High School, um, and they win state in season five. Wow, East <laughs> Dillon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong side of the tracks. East of East of Dillon. It, it is. And actually, there's precisely a. I think the very first episode. Uh, it's called S- East of Dylan. S- I believe S four E one is called East of Dylan. If oh, I'm not mistaken, that is that's funny. So get um, excited. So uh, yes, uh, we're we're here to talk about. It. <laughs> so I just did that that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lo- I love it. Right, and if you're not. Uh, you know, it's it's something Merlin Mann says on uh, on any of the you know half dozen podcasts that he does. I mean, it's like uh, it's like what that guy once said about John Updike. Like somewhere he must have an unpublished thought, uh, and I feel that way about Merlin Mann. Somewhere he must have an unpodcasted thought. Um, you can't be afraid to choose your audience, and uh, the people who haven't switched us off in disgust and who aren't going to write us hate mail, uh, they are our audience. So welcome, and we're very glad uh, we're very glad to have you. We are more uh, hospitable than tammy taylor um so let's let's jump in um i guess where we were in the last uh episode um we talked a lot about um what did we talk about (laughs) previously on on these 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 fucking teenagers but these football and teenagers uh well you know I'll stall for time a little bit while I load up the page in my browser and um, look at it. Well, we're, we're, what you're thinking of, Ryan, is episode uh, 53, Chekhov's Bag of Peas. You know, uh, a reference to the, the famous dramaturgical advice from Chekhov. Don't hang a gun uh, off the... Um, don't hang a gun uh, above the mantelpiece in the first act if no one's going to fire it in the fourth. Uh, we were talking about sort of... Um, problems of group membership and we were talking about the creation of class difference wow that's amazing that you could totally read the show notes that is just i mean that is exactly what we were talking about um i believe that i i think with reference to these themes referenced mansur olson's article dictatorship democracy and development uh in explaining the uh the concept of stationary banditry uh and then also referenced uh the seminal article um, uh, war making and state making as organized crime in the uh, edited volume, uh, bringing the state back in. <laughs> edited volume is that a is that a thing? Is that what we call like a, a collection of essays? That's right. A, a, an edited volume um, is a is a published book um, with uh, usually a, a theme essay um, that's written by the editors of of the book, um, and then a collection of um, academic article um, length. Um, pieces that are that are generally on a theme, and a lot of um, 
uh, edited volumes are the product of maybe a, a, a conference, a mini sure. conference sure. or a workshop uh, or some kind of working group. Um, they are, and the extent to which they are um, peer reviewed varies. Um, and oh, so the edited yeah. volumes, because they're not, they're not journals. Exactly. So there is exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so some, I mean, like some issues of nepotism or so, I, not nepotism, maybe that's too strong, but there, there may be like procedural issues with how things make it into edited volumes. Exactly. And I mean, sometimes the entire, um, volume may be reviewed um, because I think some at top um, academic publishers, uh, there is uh, peer review right. um, for, for books. Um, and so some edited volumes at um, top academic presses are reviewed in this way. Um, but university presses or like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of the top okay, like, so okay. is like, uh, but does Routledge count as a, uh, as a top that- academic press? Even, I mean, even though like, it seems like walking through the arts criticism section of my library, there are more Routledge books than any other. <laughs> any other publisher. I, I know. I don't know the rankings um, off of off the top of my head. I mean, you because probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't say even if you did. Oh, I mean, it's 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 uh, Cambridge University Press and everything else. Um, I believe. <laughs> uh, so um, you know, uh, is, I mean, like the the like Oxford UP or the big the big schools and the the UPs and the big schools. Uh, in in yeah. the United States are not there? I mean, in, in political science, I don't know about across the board, but in political science, there's a pretty sharp um, uh, discontinuity is, uh, of, uh, like after Cambridge University Press, right? So that, you know, in, in, in some kind of circles of high-achieving political scientists, if your first book is not coming out um, on Cambridge, in, on, on Cambridge University Press, um, you know, you just better pack it up or, uh, in, in the wild, right? Like me, in the, uh, already, because, um, you're, you, you pretty much shat the bed. Wow. <laughs> so I, um, I was actually involved in the production, I guess, of an edited volume now that I know, uh, now that I know what it is in my old life as a, like an academic event planner, um, you know, early in my career when I got out of college and before, and, uh, before I left, uh, before I left that world for the lucrative and glamorous world of, uh, being a professional acting student. Um, and I'm, I'm actually thanked in the, uh, in the introduction, uh, of this book. And so this was a, a conference, um, an international conference because there was one guy from, uh, there was one guy from England who came and, uh, uh, and so the, the, the essays in the book, are um, are the product of who was able to come to the conference, uh, and I guess they they got edited by the editors because we withheld, and I was the administrator, so I was cutting the checks. We withheld the the last part of the payment for uh, the uh, honoraria for people. Um, so it was you know who was willing to come to the to the conference, who was willing to kind of accept the peanuts that uh, that was being offered. Uh, as a fee for for doing it, and then who like turned in a, a, a final draft uh, on time but it was it was very interesting i you know doing a uh, an international an international conference like there were a lot of people who like were respondents uh, or discuss or, or discussants who um who more or less like just grumbled the whole time about how they were not one of the ones giving a paper uh, huh yeah. Well, but they, I mean, they got the same, did they also, they, 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 they got their way paid, right? Um, yeah, they got their way paid. They got, they got free travel. They got put up for free. Uh, and they got, um, uh, yeah, and they got, they may not have gotten quite as much cash as the, uh, you know, as the, the people who, who actually gave papers and whose papers are included in the book. But, um, yeah, uh, the, the funny, I, I enjoy, I enjoy being a, a discussant actually. Um, I, I give, uh, I give great comment. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, this actually the last conference, uh, which I was a discussant, um, got that feedback from several audience members, uh, of like, those were really good comments. Um, oh, and yeah. It, oh yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, well, because what I do, maybe I either give great or terrible comments because what I, I do is, um, I, in giving the comments, tell them how the paper ought to be written. Um, and, uh, and I, 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 so in some ways, 
like I, I do enjoy presenting my own work, but I preserve, I much prefer um, in five minutes telling other people, being this casual armchair, you know, Monday morning uh, <laughs> uh, 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 journal uh, uh, article uh, author, being like, no, 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 this is how you should have collected the data, um, it, because it's it's a lot more alluring than dealing with my own pile, steaming pile of of, of regret um, that's <laughs> sitting uh, on my computer. Um, so, so yeah, the the funny thing about this being the administrator of an academic conference and then i you know i take i take your point monday morning quarterbacking we should go back to the uh, to the football but um uh, we, when you buy a lot of hotel rooms you buy a block of hotel rooms and you can pretty much allocate them however you want you have you know what i mean you have like 80 room nights in a hotel say for a conference about the size of of what we did and uh, so certain people like canceled, right? And I, you know, I was living in a shitty apartment at the time. This being my first job out of college, and uh, I, so, um, so whenever anyone would cancel, I would take their days for myself, and I would, I had, I ended up uh, tacking on like three or four people's worth of days. Um, <laughs> into this like you know week and a half long hotel vacation uh where i you know ate ate room service all day and um the <laughs> you know this is these are the perks of uh these are the perks of um of like be you know these are the perks of being administ- the administrator you can misappropriate and and, and, and and matt can you just maybe um just tell tell us just the um, the the title of the uh, edited volume that was produced by this conference. <laughs> I really don't want to. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> then I, I suppose that the irony will just have to be lost on everyone. <laughs> um, but speaking of blocks of hotel rooms, um, you know where where we, where we uh, left off um, in the last episode of um, the Dylan the Dylan boosters were traveling to exactly. Exactly. Uh, they, to they uh, taking out to a block Gatlin, of hotel right? rooms. To the, to, uh, to, they were taking a block of uh, hotel rooms um, in, I believe it was called Gatlin. Right. Uh, which, uh, I, I, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I love that they put a slang name for gun in the... In yeah, the, I would say, yeah, right, like gat, my gat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, talked, we talked about the sort of aspects of the Friday Night Lights slash the wire crossover. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and that's, and that's coming, I mean, this is what East Dillon is, just to kind of uh, foreshadow thematically. Um, and it, this becomes problematic. I am looking forward to talking to this more at the time, but, um, they decide when, um, you know, coach Taylor is shit canned. Um, there's, there's another subplot in which a, an old, a, a, a previously existing and, um, at the time of season uh, up until season three, um, kind of closed down high school is being reopened, uh, east of Dillon, um, or in, in East Dillon, which is the proverbial wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very, it's just, it's odd because you never see East, East Dillon does not exist until it becomes convenient for it to exist, um, in, in the plot. Um, but there's no sense, um, there, uh, in, in previous scenes that there is a, a Gatlin-like, um, like, you know, burned out kind of, uh, urban, um, area, um, you know, populated entirely by, you know, that, that's like filled with housing projects and is, is uh, that, and has a predominantly African-American uh, population. There's no sign that that exists in Dillon. Um, but that, that becomes part of, um, the, uh, that becomes present and very central in, um, in, in in seasons four and five of, of Friday Night Lights, that's something plot wise that happens in a lot of TV shows is that you kind of start you start in a very small world and you kind of you kind of uh, go, move out in concentric circles from from your center. Yeah, uh, the thing that makes The Wire unique is that it's actually not concentric circles; it's more of like a, a, an expanding Venn diagram where you know the circles are not concentric but they are overlapping. Mm. Um, well, it's like stacks. It's like like pie plates or something like that. Right? That there, there's different. Like that, in, spatially, they're they're kind of overlapping, but they're different layers um, of of that. Right. Um, and I think what's difficult about that in the context of Friday Night Lights is, you know, part of the idea of. I mean, we've already seen this, right? Is that once you kind of 
um, get away from the, the, the high school, it's, it's, you know, it's in the, in the episode where Tyra and Connor go out to the, uh, oil fields, right. That it's, it's empty landscape pretty, pretty fast. Right. Like there's um, not, yeah. There's not like an inner city, you know what I mean? Right. And so that, and, and you, you get a sense that you've seen all of the, um, like sides of this thing. I mean, I, on the other hand, you know, given like residential patterns and kind of, um, you know, forms of, uh, you know, de facto forms of segregation, um, in, in the American South, it's not, it's actually not terribly surprising, um, that you would only see part of, of Dylan. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it's barely there. I mean, there's a, there's a plot line in season two, um, where there, there's a, apparently also a, um, Latino neighborhood that I think is different from East of Dillon. So there, there, when it, when it becomes convenient, there, are, uh, that's where, that's th- where Reyes lives. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right. And then there's another, um, there's another character named Santiago, uh, who also plays defense, um, huh. <laughs> conveniently who's introduced in, um, in season two. Um, but yeah, so I, mean, I think like, yeah. so last time we talked about the, the kind of the construction of class cr- class difference in group membership. And like, I, you know, I made the point that like one one thing that this show as I'm watching it, because this is my first time through, uh, which is why I'm sus- susceptible to having bits in it uh, spoiled for me. The um, one of the one of the ways that this show works is that within the the larger structure of kind of multi-character serialized story arcs, um, the the. Uh, the organizing principle of each episode seems to be thematic. I mean, right. We talked about, we talked about last time about the kinds of Friday Night Lights episodes, like the, the practice episode, the game episode and, you know, and so on. But, um, uh, the, I think that the uh, episode nine, which we were just finishing up as we ran out of time last time was the, uh, was about group membership, uh, about kind of us versus them or what it takes to be a member of the group and how groups are defined, uh, sort of against, uh, against each other, and the two i mean the two interesting things are like Dylan versus Gatlin um, and Buddy Garrity going on and on about these people you know <laughs> and uh, and um, and you know tammy i mean Tammy kills him with kindness, but she she is still awful patronizing. Uh, you know, we're going to bring our, you know, we're going to bring our big fat wallets to your little town and all your restaurants and businesses are going to, you know, are going to have a great weekend. So why not just give us the nice hotel that we want? I mean, is that really how how much better is that really than, you know, than Buddy Garrity? I mean, to a certain extent, you could you could argue that Buddy Garrity, because he's he's more honest about class difference. I mean, he doesn't sort of sugarcoat the class difference. He he's somehow more direct or more more honest in how he how he presents it. But the I mean, the interesting one for me was Riggins and the um, uh, what the offensive line, the offensive line. Yeah. yeah. And Mm -hmm. the the, uh, you know, the offensive line has the quarterbacks back, and so he has to be punished for this this sexual transgression with uh, with Lila. I you know the, when they have their blanket party, the, I guess what do you beat him with? You can't beat him with crowbars, but like, um, or I, I I guess they don't beat him. They they rough him up a little, but it's really they beat his car, yeah, right? Yeah, truck yeah. that has a uh, that uh, that gets the worst of it. But they do it with baseball bats. You know, I don't know which I thought was. Uh, I mean, I guess we don't carry a lot of other clubs around with us. Uh, from day to day, but they are they are football players, and you'd think they could i don 't know you know i don 't know smash his car with old helmets or something like that uh, <laughs> but uh like um, uh, like uprights like like uh, the like uh, the goalposts uh. <laughs> but like this was in, the 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 thing at the end with him coming into the game and more or less saving the day is like when do you you know when does the law of the jungle apply, and when do you say you know uh uh, fuck it, our kind of our intra uh, squad um, rivalries and, and conflicts have got to take a backseat to our, our larger shared purpose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, fuck, well, fuck this. We have a job to do. Riggins, you're back in. And kind of by coming through, ha- having taken his licks and then coming through for the team, he, yeah. he's kind of back in. You know? Yeah, and I think that what's interesting, and part, of, and I think this actually can springboard into uh, episode ten pretty well, is that these types of groups that we're that we're talking about um, are have a character of 
I mean, I, we could think about, I, I guess what we could think about is how they relate to one another. And this actually relates to what we were discussing about kind of like various types of spatial arrangement, right? That, um, and, you know, one way that things can be arranged to each other is concentrically of, you know, increasingly large circles that are nested within each other. But another way um, uh, that kind of groups can um, be related to one another is, is uh, in a way that's called cross-cutting, right? So that, that um, you know, Riggins's like identity as a whether it's like as a cook holder or as a you know not a uh, you know member of the like um, you know offensive line quarterback group you know um, on the other hand like there is a membership that is maybe either members of the team or um, in some sense possibly even like gender that like um, you know that 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 kind of. Um, cuts across that that divide, right? And so that even though he is on the out of one group, um, there there's a possibility of of performative action that kind of makes the other kind of line of cleavage and the other like line of groupness more salient. Um, and I right. think that and I think that it is almost a um, you know, if I remember, there is kind of this. Um, there is a scene where he comes in and takes a licks and there is this, I forget exactly um, how it's, how it's shot and, and what the scene is. It's this very short like moment where the, the offensive line, you know, basically like, all right, you're, you're all right. Right. Um, and, and it very much to me, um, and, and it's, it's in a kind of what, what is unsaid in, in how that's acted that, that part of that, what is giving this, it is this team thing, but it's a, it's, it's not coincidental that this is a team of men. Right. Um, and, that, and that this is a there's a gender dynamic that is that is kind of kind of bringing him back in. Um, and that foreshadows um, this kind of, you know, the other side of this um, of this. Now, uh, if, if the salient cleavage becomes gender, um, what episode 10 starts to work out is what that means for um, for for Lila um, and and the you know, the, the yeah, yeah, title that girl's got some salient cleavage. Um, and, and talk about really setting them up, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, uh, that, that the episode is called, um, it's different for girls. Right. right um, yeah. And I mean, this is something that I brought up before with, with Reyes, right. The Reyes versus what was the name of the kid he beat up caster. Um, yeah. right. And the, um, uh, the idea, the idea being that, like, you're a member. Yeah, what is what is the the particular group membership that is relevant at the time? Uh, yeah. What what sort of uh, social or power organization uh, is the one that that obtains at the moment? And what are the rules of that? Because you're you're a member of several mm-hmm. uh, sort of political or I mean. Uh, I don't mean like electoral politics. I mean politics as it pertains to power. You're a member of several kind of political organizations. Um, they have sometimes conflicting rules in how to to behave, um, and the uh, you know one and you you have to pick the set of rules that that you're operating under at at the moment. And it's sort of impossible. I mean to do that perfectly. And so this is a great. It's a great kind of way to generate drama. Um, it's a great way to, to generate drama. Now, where's that one? That was sort of race versus social click versus a kind of absolute, you know, tell the truth to Coach Taylor uh, imperative. The, uh, the one in It's Different for Girls is um, is in in gender. And like, so, Lila, you know, the the difference in the I think what you're setting up is the difference in the fall between between Tim and Lila's fall. Right. Well, right. I mean, that, you know, in some sense. Right, that that Tim's at least relationship with his teammates um, is already resolved, you know, by the end of episode nine. Right, that you know they're they're good. You know, he he took his licks. He, they won the football game. They're they're good. Um, and uh, in in contrast, um, um, in in contrast, you know, we immediately have um, like the, all of episode ten. It starts with. Lila um, having her locker vandalized, um, and the girls on the on the cheerleading squad um, kind of gossiping and kind of just there's this like constant murmur uh, right. of, and, of and variations the- on slut, right? That, yeah, like- sure. And I'm, I mean, the idea. I guess I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but the idea uh, at the end when Lila comes back to the cheerleading competition, the underclassman who had. Uh, 
replace her, you know, in the formations, um, gets knocked down to being a base, right, from being a flyer. And uh, so there's this sense that, like, your loss is my gain, where uh, as opposed to with the football team, where we all win and lose together. You know what I mean? And so there's a different kind of – there's a different kind of um, – intra like intra team conflict uh with the cheer with the cheer team um when you know you're you're competing for a small number of opportunities to to look good well i mean i wonder but is it is it that or is it that there's a difference in the in in the stakes of of the competition i mean obviously like to us um, I mean, we're several levers removed. I mean, you know, to us, uh, you know, as viewers of a, a fictional football team and fictional cheerleading squad, it's all very low stakes. But like, you know, in the world of, of Dylan, um, you know, where it's established that, you know, football is 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 important and that there are, you know, very heightened stakes or perceived stakes. Um, it's interesting because. There is like you know when Coach Taylor is kind of you know uh, one of the things that this is you know this episode is leading towards is this cheerleading competition um, and Coach Taylor is getting the team to go out and support and there's a pep I think if I remember correctly there's actually like a, a pep rally for the cheerleading competition or there is a pep rally um, for maybe for the football game but is also like he used it as an opportunity to support the 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 cheerleading squad um and it, because it's interesting is is this idea that cheerleading um exists you know is is auxiliary to um football um but then once it exists like why not like compete at it as well um and so on the one hand um like it is um it is it is similar but like you know the fact that um, I mean, so another reason, so uh, to explain this difference in kind of pulling together is like, well, you know, yeah, that for Dylan to pull together, you know, it's they're pulling together because like the whole like well-being of this entire town rises or falls on whether we win state. Whereas the stakes of not winning the um, the the cheerleading competition are relatively small. Which is uh, why, which is why, when you know this sort of noblesse oblige like thing that um, uh, that Coach Taylor does, bringing the lady who coaches the cheerleaders up um, to you know to get clapped for, she like she makes to grab the the microphone and make a speech, and he just continues going. Uh, yeah, he sort yeah. of he sort of steamrollers her, which was a great. I mean, that was a great one of those little moments that the camera captures out of the corner of its eye that you know that I think makes this show really good. Yeah, and I think that that's that's telling. Um, and I guess, but I guess that's hard to to sort of separate from there. So I think that if if there is a difference, it's less from differences in the structures of the activity or the like the number of opportunities to be a star. But like in, I think the like stat the relative status and stakes of the activities, which again, I think relates very closely to gender as well, right? Um, and, um, you know, I think further on, either in this season or another season, there's also a powder puff football game. Um, we see, and th- th- there are like, um, a number of like women competing at things. And I think we, I think there's also a time where there's also a, uh, volleyball team, uh, as well. And Tyra, there's a, there's a Tyra is good at volleyball plot line. Spoilers, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's ruining a lot. Um, you know. Um, but, uh, Tyler, Ty, Tyler's good at, uh, at, um, at, at, uh, volleyball. Um, but I think that, I think when we see kind of, I, I think that, um, it'll be interesting to look at like women competing in team activities versus, um, uh, versus men competing. Oh, there's also, uh, I believe co-ed Julie Taylor at one point is in uh, co-ed, uh, academic competition. Um, something like, uh, quiz bowl, but it's a little different. Um, much later on uh-huh. um but yeah i mean all of these it definitely is uh, the point is that these are not just uniformly competitive people there are hierarchies of of competition sure um and 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 again so this relates to to, to group membership in this kind of circular uh way um so i guess so you know well, in some I, ways, okay so oh, sorry I, mean, I had a question that that i okay. wanted to ask that i think could could sort of t- uh, start us off um 
start us start us off. Yeah, I mean we're we're ready to get started. I haven't hit record yet, right? Okay, good. Yeah, that's so we did we did our uh, yeah that's a good that's a reasonable amount of pre-show. So let's. Um, it, my question is: Hello this, and welcome to these <laughs> these fucking teenagers. No, 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 you got to let's start over because you got to do it with the accent. So my question is this: um, How would Blair have handled the situation differently, right? Than than uh, than Lila handles it. Mm-hmm. You know what uh, I mean, and I think that that gets. I think that that's a question that gets at the the heart of the difference between these uh, um, these shows, where like the social world of New York is presented as being kind of matriarchal, uh, you know, in in certain interesting ways. Um, Blair would never sort of suffer the the indignities that uh, that Lila suffers, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I'm, I'm now trying to. Um think about like specific uh examples i mean i like what are the bad things that happen to blair or the like the bad things that blair does um or or and so on i mean right okay so i uh, just thinking about this right so in season one of gossip girl um like actually it's it's worth playing this out and i you know we've it's probably been a while since both of it since either of us has as uh seen these episodes but um one of the central plot lines in season 1 of Go- uh, gossip girl is exactly um analogous to this um in in which um oh, this is this is great um that Bl- uh blair is with uh nate at the beginning right. um and and again that's ve- that coupling is is almost identical to the um uh, Lila Garrity, Jason Street couple. Um, they're like the analogous characters. Um, and, um, and just as Lila gets with, uh, Riggins, um, Blair gets with, uh, gets with Chuck. Um, and so back of the limo, right? In the, in the back of the limo. Um, and, and what does happen? Um, you know, like Serena fake kills a guy. (laughs) Um, Um, I think there's an interesting question. Um, but you, you, I think it's interesting, whereas like this starts Lila on a trajectory of, of massive change. I mean, I think throughout in every season, um, uh, th- this character I think is on for the first three seasons, the character actually is, um, a little different in, in every season, um, or maybe substantially different in every season. Um, in, in season two, um, uh, Lila Garrity is actually a born again Christian, um, just like in um, just like Blair is now in Gossip Girl, right? Uh, <laughs> so maybe I, I just had, like uh, I had sort of brought this up to to because I thought there would be differences, but may, but maybe we're we're revealing that these things are more alike than they are different. I mean, so let's think about how. But I think part of yes and no. I mean, I I, I think I was more joking about Blair's uh, conversion to Christianity because I think that um, you know the Gossip Girl characters um, have have resisted change in a lot of ways. They, are, they you know it's one of these things where I, I suppose it is in some ways realistic uh, and, and kind of consistent with human development um, in general. Of like you have a perception that from your vantage point, you are the same and you are behaving in the same way, uh, as you always have. Um, but that you kind of gradually change, right? So that, you know, Blair gradually becomes okay with being friends with, uh, with Dan and Dan gradually becomes, um, okay being friends, uh, with Blair and being an upper East side person, but like in their minds, their image of themselves does not change. Um, and, and there's a remarkable consistency. Whereas, um, Lila, you know, so that, this happens to Blair in season one and does not trigger an existential crisis. And right. And, and it's, it's interesting that we, I mean, I, I'm definitely struggling to actually um, remember and conjure up like how precisely um, Blair um, reacted to this, but the, the, you know, so at, at the strategic level, she reacted by like, you know, by, um, by 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 restoring the status quo, and I think that you know that um, uh, what uh, we what we could think about is there is a you know a stock set of tactics that Blair has at her disposal to to um, restore the status quo and to, to kind of um, you know restore or maintain order, um, and it, it kind of is some combination of um, evasion, so lying low. Um, 
uh, I believe, uh, blackmail, um, rumor, um, and, and, and marketing. Um, right. right. So that using most of our kind of various faces of power, um, allows her to kind of, to, to concoct a strategy so, so that it's as if this, um, as if this never, uh, happened. Um, and, and that, and that, you know, even if that, you know, changes her slightly, um, also kind of maintains the illusion of, of the status quo and an illusion of, of, of stability. I don't know. That's my, that's my take. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, no, and I, I mean, I think you're right. And that that's, uh, uh it's because, uh, you know, um, what Friday night lights is actually a show about adolescence and gossip girl is only a show that purports to be about adolescence. I mean, now, now about young adulthood, but, uh, uh not I think that's adulthood, but gossip girls is a show about it in aristocracy. I mean, it's about a, you know, a kind of unchanging. Right. Order. Right. Right. Whereas in, in, um, in Friday night lights, you know, people age out of it, right. Sure. The, the, the only, the only people who are constant, you know, in all five seasons are the tailors. Right. So, and so on the one hand, it is a show about adolescence and it's also about, kind of uh the i mean it, it is about a show about or i guess in this way adolescence is viewed as this dynamic process that that unfolds throughout these these um overlapping social groups with like the family at the center uh, um of it right and that the family interacts right with these various other social groupings and identities um as 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 they move through right so that till the end julie taylor um is i guess in her freshman year in college um and the taylors are still there um and so that you know and uh, through that time you know they've they've interacted with people in various ways and again the you know interactions of um you know matt saracen uh, with uh, Coach Taylor in the kind of identity grouping of on the football team and the like identity grouping of guy wanting to bone his daughter uh-huh. um, are like I mean that I think that actually brings out is uh, like a lot of like opportunities for uh, for humor um, and that you know that these you know that Coach Taylor wants the worlds to um, collide. And I don't know if this is in episode ten or this doesn't happen until uh, the following episode uh, eleven, but there is a um, you know, there's a time where you know Coach Taylor says that he's you know, he's getting annoyed about how much time uh, Julie and Matt are spending together, and says he'll have a you know I believe what he calls a Matt chat, right? Uh, a, little, a little talk, but rather than actually talking about it directly, he just gives Matt um, a lot of homework. He gives him a, a, a new expanded playbook that he has to look over um, over the weekend. I, I guess that is the this uh, in episode ten. Yeah, that's in right. That's in episode. Yeah, that's in yeah. episode ten, which adds yeah. the the sort of. Um, what uh, it adds the uh, not uh, the overlapping circle of kind of sexual proprietorship, male sexual proprietorship yeah, of yeah, women yeah. to yeah. the to the kind of the organization of the football game and of kind of adult slash child and yeah. you know what I mean and so the 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 salient cleavage becomes um uh becomes sort of proprietorship of a you know proprietorship over a young woman um yeah and this is the whole. Uh, and that that social order is now at play uh, between these these two characters and their their very kind of intricate set of dependencies on one another. So um, so uh, yeah. So the the thing, and then so the the answer is to have Julie come over and like watch the right uh, watch the video, you know, with him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's sort of, it's sort of interesting. Like, I guess they've, they've made it over the, uh, the members only debacle at this point. Right. And like, uh, they actually legitimately like each other now. Right, right, right. Um, and, and, um, I think what's just, just to answer this question about how Blair actually dealt with this, um, situation is that, and I think this is, it, it this, um, fits with my, um, answer is that part of why, um, or part of like why Blair was able to react to this differently is that what happens after this, after Blair has been kind of dethroned, um, as, as, as Queen Bee through this, um, this scandal, um, very shortly after that is when Georgina Sparks is introduced. Um, and so that, 
ultimately, um, Blair is able to restore her um, legitimacy and authority by dealing with that problem. Um, and that, um, because that is the whole arc. Um, but that is, I mean, I, I actually jokingly said they solved that problem by having um, Serena fake kill somebody. But that is precisely, if you look at the, um, the, the, the arc of uh, season one of Gossip Girl, um, essentially the uh, season one, episode 13 uh, and 14 are essentially the analogous episodes to where we are in Friday Night Lights right now. And then one episode after that, uh, 15 is where Georgina Sparks uh, shows up. And that basically um, takes it all the way out to the uh, season finale um, of uh, episode um, 18. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that part of this, you know, so Blair is, is um, kind of on the outside, but is able to, like, in addition to, you know, deploying the specific tactics of, of rule and, and, and governance that I, I addressed before, use them to like solve a specific problem, right? Create, you know, provide a, not, not a public good, but a, what, you know, would be called a club good, a, a public good for a specific set of people for this um, aristocracy. And then, and part of that, again, is maintaining this specific social order. Um, and so it is a, you know, a, it still is a view of, so, I mean, just to get back to this idea of is this a show that's about, that only purports to be about teenagers? I mean, yes and, and no. It's that adolescence, um, I mean, I guess it is, that's an interesting question. Is it, is it important that Gossip Girl is about um, people who are, you know, starts with people who are teenagers? Um, or is that just a, is that just marketing, right? That like, and I think, I think it, I guess it is in that, Part of um, a, um, I think that you know, whereas in you know in, in Friday Night Lights, you know the the camera, you know everything kind of focuses on the tailors, and you see kind of everyone get older and disappear and come back um, around them. Um, in in Gossip Girl, the relationship between generations, you sort of see you know the cohorts moving together to like replace one another, right? And the, you know the, there is this sense of like the young aristocracy becomes the old aristocracy. It's right, I mean, it's it's in that way actually similar. You know, we've talked about you know age set societies in um, in East Africa that I there that I a, yeah sure there is a uh, there is a modern royalty. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like royalty, or it's even like you know that because there isn't. Um, or, I mean, I guess Blair is nominally, but I, I think, I think it's, it's less like royalty and more like a, um, there is a, a aristocratic, like it's an oligarchic, uh, gerontocracy, right? That, <laughs> so, um, and, and that like the, uh, at least nominally, um, I mean, I think that, you know, in the actual, you know, as it plays out, um, actually, you know, again, because the protagonists are youths and the show is being marketed to youth, um, that, you know, the young keep kind of um, beating the old uh, at, at their own games. Um, uh, you know, and, and you, we're, we're seeing this, I mean, when we return to um, the, the current Gossip Girl um, next week, um, there's a lot that is going on, once again, with Nate and his grandfather. Um, but these, these kinds of generational power struggles um, are... Um, central throughout um, Gossip Girl, um, and and there are both kind of actual conflicts as well as there are these kind of echoes and thematic echoes uh, in like you know the especially in season one these kind of the the various romantic entanglements of the adults paralleling and intersecting with the um, um, romantic under uh, uh, entanglements of the. Um, of of the actual teenagers, so it is so it is about teenagers, but it's more in this kind of generational you know, of these two um, planes that are kind of is there a, you know is there a, moving I mean, together. Somewhere coming up in Friday Night Lights, is there a boning a teacher plot coming? Hmm. 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 Um. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yes. Oh boy, is there ever? Okay. Um, um, yeah, that'll be good to that'll be good to look forward to because like uh, uh, that that sort of goes to the the thing that you're talking about, right? Um, well, ex- explain um, explain. Um, oh, because one of the I mean one of the things about about boning a teacher is it's a you know it's an exploitation of a, of a power relationship, but there's also like a generational there's a sort of intergenerational um, that you know what I mean it's an intergenerational what liaison. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's interesting. Um, I think that yeah, let's definitely um, return to that because not only um, is there a boning a teacher plot, but it's, there's actually a um, becomes to becomes to be a motif of I mean it, you know that is there's a motif of um, Julie Taylor becoming involved with older men that she should not be involved with <laughs> um who are in um uh, uh, i guess otherwise right, it, is, it as, is their telos it is their telos uh, well i think though it's it's that her telos is not to go it's not that she goes wild it's that julie taylor's like telos is to like have have daddy issues and like um and i think like i mean because you in i i when you see the like the I think that and again it would be interesting to kind of catalog this pretty late when we're kind of um have the, have the you know the benefit of, of of perfect kind of hindsight and can kind of look backwards from uh season five but um that there's these kind of two pillars of um like Julie Taylor's romantic life one is these like involvements with these like older guys who are some kind of uh, authority figures and then there's like her romantic relationship with Matt Saracen um and you put those two things together and that's like coach Taylor right the kind of older authority figure um but yeah, also the football player not even the football player right I think that what's fascinating about the character of coach Taylor and and Matt Saracen is that they're both extremely awkward people. Um, right, and you see that that comes out. It comes out very well in their confrontation in yeah. uh, in in episode ten, where they're they're both sort of ineffectual in trying yeah. to uh, you know in trying to um, in trying to get what they want. So hey, we might be getting we might be getting close to wrap time. So I want to I want to just like fast forward through a couple of issues. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hit it, hit it, go, hit the outline. Check out, check off the the bullet points. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's just let's just keep uh, hitting advance on our slide deck here. The um, you know, and then hopefully we can just shit out the paper and uh, get the rest of our stipend. The um, uh, I, I, so a couple a couple things that are kind of th- that I like that are sort of thematic uh, thematically unified. Um, the the idea uh, that the preacher's daughter, I forget her name, brings up. Um, in, in response to Smash's speaking up for the sexual double standard, calling Ulysses a pimp, uh, the idea uh, uh, that civilization is based on repressing our instincts, this, you know, this is an idea from Freud in, in civilization and its discontents. And the, you know, the, the sort of bond of society is the bond uh, that we, um, we don't do the thing that we really want to do. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't actually kill the people from Gatlin. We play them in, we play them in football. That is to say, we sort of sublimate and ritualize our, um, our sort of instincts, uh, our sort of instincts and drives. And, um, uh, right. And, and that's like, I think that the show sort of though, though I, especially in this episode, the show is not, Speaking out for, I mean, I think by putting the the double standard, the defense of the double standard in Smash's mouth, I mean, the, the show is sort of undercutting it so much. But I, I think that we should, um, I don't think that this show is necessarily on the side of civilization either. You know what I mean? That is to say, a, along this continuum between sort of indulgence of every everything you want and uh, repression, um, the you know, the show is... is kind of maybe problematizes both uh both ends of that um yeah no i think that there is a i mean i think the show and we've talked about this a little bit but not not exactly i mean i i think that we will keep returning to kind of issues of kind of ethics and morality in in the show because i think that one kind of the middle ground that the show maybe treads is a is a form of um of, of, uh, virtue ethics. Right. So which makes me want to kind of, you know, get my, get out my Aristotle and kind of dust it off, um, a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, I think that it's interesting that, you know, we've joked a lot about, um, you know, the tail, you know, the, that the, the telos of the girl is to go wild, but that, you know, this idea of tele- teleology and kind of what things, you know, like, you know, can be, um, and, and what they ought to be, um, is central to um, Aristotelian uh, moral philosophy, um, and and, and I think kind of central to to the show where you see the old star this, the old star quarterback coming back, at, you know, who has no job and no, 
you know, no prospects, right? It's like, uh, what could he have been? What ought to, what ought he have been given his position in this, in this hierarchy? And what is it actually? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that, and, but I think what's interesting here is how it kind of works this out is that, you know, that it, it doesn't, you know, presume that what that is, is unproblematic. Right. So that, and, and you are seeing this with like, um, you know, what one would think that, you know, so there are these kinds of like in, in actually reasoning of what that is and what your telos is, um, you know, there, there's, there's various types of kinds of like difficulties of imagining that, um, that, that type of future. Right. And so that, you know, in, in, in the pilot episode, you know, Jason Street's Talos is is to be a star quarterback, and Tim, you know, uh, Lila's is to be his wife, and um, and 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 Tim Riggs is to be their sidekick, and Texas Forever, right? And those are like these these are these are very specific things, right? There, it's not a a type of person or a a a, a kind of like a a, a general um, set of kind of faculties or, or, or capabilities, and so I think that. You know, in some ways, a lot, especially in this first season, but I think throughout the show, it is a process of of finding out what what that is, and then and then pursuing that to the best of the ability. So, you know, what does it mean to be a quarterback, right? Um, you know, uh, and 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 kind of um, finding, you know, um, and, and that you know when in Jason's uh, uh, you know overall arc until he leaves the show, um, kind of works through that. Um, and and the, the way in which he both finds that and then pursues that is what makes him a a good character, right? Um, and and makes him a a um, a, a a good person, right? Um, and and that's like separate from you know, so that it is. I don't know if it's entirely like individual or it's it's somehow in a relationship between like individuals and their and it's it, it, there's this dialoguing between individual and group membership that that creates that meaning and creates that um that that development um that is like you know different from this pure kind of you know society civilization and pure kind of individual impulse right so there is this 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 process of i mean i think that you know what some sociologists have called individuation right and the way in which the you know the, the the turd of the self is pinched off from the <laughs> um, uh, you know from the the the, the butthole of society. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time to pinch off the turd of this episode from the butthole of our mouths. All right, <laughs> I'll just let I'll just let that one sink in for a second. Uh, so uh, you know what it means to be a member of the overthinking it uh, not overthinking it the uh, overthinking it TFT podcast audience. It means not writing us at any of the places that we give you to write us. Those include uh, TFT podcast at overthinkingit.com, uh, TFT podcast on Twitter, the TFT podcast Facebook page, or the phone number that you can call and text, which is twenty fat jog zero one two zero three two eight five six four. Four zero one two zero three being the area code of the place where I organized that academic conference. By the way, um, go go look in that that um, go look in that area code. Uh, not a lot of academic uh, conferences held there, so I'm sure you can find mine. <laughs> You'll uh, totally find it. <laughs> uh, and until next time, uh, we are here to think, to talk, and think, and uh, go uh, very deeply into the salient cleavage. We are here to talk and think about the um, competing social orders and uh, the um, the uh, you know non uh, equivalent sets of rules. We are here to talk about why it's different for girls, but more than all. More than anything, we're here to talk about these, these fucking, fucking teenagers. Teenagers. <laughs>